that's the prayer of your heart every time you open the Word of God. I know it is for me when I have my time in the Word every day. I do pray, Lord, uh, help me to understand more of your will for my life and open my eyes. Such a good thing. James chapter 1, that's where we'll be tonight. Savor the suffering. James 1, I know we're, we're familiar with this text for sure. I know Dan has done such a good job working through this text in Sunday school lately, but I, I just felt like this would be good to look at once again. Uh, I think we'd, we'd all agree that life is not easy, right? I mean, we have trials. You know, there are times in, in our Christian experience where we have a mountaintop experience, as things are great and you're praising God. But if you notice, at the mountaintop, there's sharp valleys, right? The mountaintop isn't very big. And there are, at times, trials. And bad things are going to happen. They're a way of life. And for, for a Christian, you know, life, life can be... It can be a burden. You know, we're weighed down, driven to despair, worry. Sometimes we even question our faith. You know, is, is it even worth it? All these trials that we face. But it can also be a blessing if we look at our trials the right way. If we look at them the way we ought to. And it's not easy. It's not, uh, it's not normal. You know, the, to, to look at the way God wants us to, but it, but it should be normal for a, for a believer. Um, you know, as I was just thinking this week of our church family, as I look around, every one of us faces different trials, even right now especially. seems like we're going through so much. Uh, trials are, are hitting us hard. Um, how, do, how do we respond? Generally, yeah, we, a lot of times it's, it's easy to whine and complain. That's right. Uh, but as we see in James 1, we have a better response, something that, that we're supposed to do, something that is for our good, um, the proper way to respond. So let's go ahead and read uh, verses 2 through 4 and verse 12 as well. James chapter 1. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. And then jump down there to verse 12. Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial. For when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. Uh, let's go ahead and pray tonight. Heavenly Father, we, we thank you so much for this time together. We thank you for this, this blessed privilege. It is, uh, Lord, to 
have a time right here where we open the Word of God and dig in. And Lord, we just we pray that the Holy Spirit would work in our hearts. I pray the Holy Spirit would work through me as I deliver this message. But Lord, I pray the Holy Spirit would work in each in each heart and that we would receive the message you'd have for us and that whatever the trial is that we face that we would give it to you that we would consider what is going on and how we should respond and all the benefits that that come from responding the right way lord help us to grow in our faith lord we know that trials have a purpose trials have a a a definite purpose in our lives to help us to mature in, in our faith and in our walk with you. And we thank you that you love us enough to, to help us to grow. And Lord, help us to, to look at the difficulties in life from a heavenly pers- perspective, Lord. Uh, just, just pray for your blessing. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. All right. Well, I love the book of James. And I'm sure you do as well. It's a very practical book, right? I forget who it was that uh, wrote about it and said that James is the Proverbs of the New Testament. It's just so many practical principles throughout the whole book. And especially right here at the beginning, as James, one of the brothers of Christ, who came to faith in Christ after Christ died. He writes this book and starts out with trials. I mean, certainly the the Christians in the first century had trials. But, you know, you look there, even back up to verse 1, who he's writing to. To the 12 tribes in the dispersion. He's writing to Jewish Christians who had come to faith in Christ, but they were dispersed. They were persecuted. Can you imagine trusting Christ as Savior and having to, you know, know, forced out of your home and having to move somewhere else for your faith? That's what these Christians are going through. But I want you to see tonight the first point. Trials help us to encounter God. Trials help us to encounter God. We see that there in verse 2. You know, it is in times of greatest trouble that we're driven to God. And I, I hope you can, you can attest to, to that fact in your life that when you go through difficulties, that you are driven to your knees and you, you look up to God. I mean, that's, that's the purpose of trials, to draw us close to God in our faith. We learn how to trust. I mean, if, if we always had... A, you know, smooth road and, and never had any difficulty, we, we would never grow. But it helps us to encounter God. Look what it says, count it all joy. Um, or cons- consider it to be a good thing. I think that's really a good way to look at it. Consider it to be a good thing. This is a choice that we make. Consider it to be a good thing whether it's a health struggle or a relationship problem, car trouble. Uh, I consider it to be a good thing. I, 
I don't think it's by coincidence, but as I was preparing this message this week, I noticed uh, on Thursday night, I've been driving Abby to and from work. She works at stage two in Fort Madison, and she's only 15, so I have to drive her most of the time. And we were driving home, it was after eight o'clock on Thursday night, and we just passed Casey's there in Fort Madison on the main road. And I look up and there's lights in the rearview mirror. I guess I had been speeding. <laughs> and I was pulled over. Boy, that's pretty embarrassing to be pulled over with your high school daughter right there in the passenger seat. <laughs> but it was right beside the cemetery there, really, is where I was pulled over. But, I, yeah, I, I was speeding a little bit. I didn't even know what the, what the speed limit was. It was 30, apparently, right around that curve. Well, that's, that's what I thought. He said, it's 30 for a little bit, like right by DuPont. Yeah. yeah, I guess that's probably where he got me. But anyway, well, I got a, I got a ticket. Yeah, he, he gave me a warning. I had a tail light out too, or a, a, br a brake light out. But uh, he gave me a warning for that. But I thought, well, well, that's, I guess that's a form of a trial, but I kind of brought that on myself too. Uh, and then the, the next day, the service engine light comes on in the car uh, but I guess that's gone back off again so that's that's good but trials and you know I'm sure you could all attest to different things in your life too consider it to be a good thing you know it's so easy to complain and to gripe and to moan but when those things happen even the embarrassing things you, you know you just thankful hey this is this is actually a good thing i can learn something from this um, but you know some some translations say consider uh, which is a pretty strong word to to reckon to deem to be uh, you, know, you know it's a it's a conscious choice that we make this is a this is a good thing that i'm going through and that's, that's not natural in our human flesh to think that, that. But it says, count it all joy, my brothers. Count it all. You know, it, it's, it's often the temptation when you go through a difficulty to say, well, I know God's trying to teach me something. When it's all over, then I'll thank God. <laughs> you know, for the end result, you know, what, what I learned. You know, count it all joy. It's the process, too, when you go through the trial. And often the trial lasts a long time. Count it all joy, including the sleepless nights and the, the worry and all those things that come along with it. Count it all joy. Yeah, that's a curious word, I think. Why, why would James choose that word, joy? You know, he could have said count it or consider it to be right. Consider it fair. Consider it good. Consider it necessary. No, he says consider it joy. We are to rejoice. This is a, you know, it, it, it takes it up a level. We're to be more than just okay with difficulty. We're to be praising God for it. And that's, 
you know, that's possible with the Holy Spirit indwelling us. But consider, you know, it's not just tolerating it, but actually seeing this as a positive thing from God. And that's, you know, that's the point here. Consider it all joy. Um, when you meet trials of various kinds. Uh, the other translations say diverse temptations. Uh, the NIV says whenever you face trials of many kinds. But I want you to note the certainty. He says there, when you meet trials. He doesn't say if. This is a certainty, isn't it? And I think we could probably all raise our hands. I won't ask, I won't ask for a show of hands, but I think we're probably all going through something, if we are honest. When? You know, they're expected, and if you're not going through a trial right now, you certainly will uh, in time. Uh, when you meet trials, you know, that word trials there, the word for trials is here in verse 2. It's also the same word as down in verse 13 about temptations. Now, uh, verse 13, let no one say when he's tempted, I am being tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted with evil, and he himself tempts no one. That's the same word. It comes from the same Greek root word, uh, temptations. And those are two very different things, whether it's the, the trial, the test of your faith to see if it's genuine, or the temptation from, de from, the, from, the, from the devil is to, you know, to, to get you to sin. Uh, but both, you know, both were, were to consider... Well, both are really for our good. We, we should see temptation as bad and resist it, of course. But it's, it's easy to look at the testing of our faith as a bad thing, too, when it's actually good. But the, but the difficulty, the trials, uh, whether it's marriage trouble or health struggles, fi financial hardship or relationship problems, car accident, all these things. Uh, when life isn't fair, count it all joy. When these trials, um, then he goes on, these trials of various kinds. Um, there, there are various kinds of trials. Would, would, you, would you agree with me with, in that? There are various kinds of trials. Uh, so many kinds, and throughout life you experience, you know, a variety. Yeah, that's true. Various trials, and often various levels of intensity of the trial as well. You know, we know God won't give us more than we can handle. There's always a way of escape, but here are these various trials. Count it all joy. We can encounter God as we learn to trust him. The second point is we can encourage others. We can learn to encourage others as well. There in verse 2, uh, trials help us to encourage others. Who is he writing to here? You see it there in verse 2? Brothers. And some translations say brothers and sisters. 
These are, these are Christians, right? These are, these are believers. He's writing to people who have faith in Jesus Christ, going through these trials. Um, and as I mentioned, even backing up there to verse 1, these are people who, who are in the dispersion, who, are, who have lost their, their residence and had to move unjustly. But you know, we should, you know, we should expect that trials are a normal part of life. Um, you know, we all go through, we all go through these trials. But I think the point here um, is that we, the trials you face aren't only for you. you know, God does have a lesson. God has a, a lesson to teach you in the, with the trial. But often the trial is also for somebody else. The trial is for, for you to learn how to count it joy and then for you to encourage someone else when they go through that trial later. I want you to go to 2 Corinthians chapter 1. 2 Corinthians 1. And Paul, as he writes to the Corinthians, he, he talks about this. 2 Corinthians 1, starting at verse 3. And Paul and Timothy, they had gone through all sorts of persecution and trials for their faith and their ministry. But in verse 3, he says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our affliction, so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. Did you get the point of that? Of those verses there, we've the trials are are first for us, but then they're also for other people. What you face now, in God's design, may be the trial somebody else faces later, and you can come alongside and help. You can comfort them. God comforts you. You can comfort them. Yeah. And that's really one of the blessings of the church. When we come together, we can comfort each other. And we, you know, have, you know with the struggles and the trials we face, we can encourage each other. Back to, back to James there. So we can encourage, they help us to encourage others. They help us to experience growth as well. When. I, I know I've already talked about that word when there in, in verse 2. Can I'll enjoy my brother's when, a certainty, it, it will happen. But it's also a, a timing thing. When do we count it joy? During the trial. You count it joy when you face the trials, when you meet the trials. It's not just afterward. You count it joy during the trial. You know, you can illustrate it this way. You think about exercising. Um, I, I've been trying to exercise more here lately this, this year. <laughs> okay. Yesterday, it was, you know, it was about 90-something. I was running, and then I come over here and do jumping jacks and push-ups and... and uh, 
It was so hot and so calm and sunny, I almost felt like I was going to pass out. <laughs> I got in the house and drank a lot of water. Uh, but anyway, when you're going through exercise, do, you know, wh- whatever it is you do, and you start to feel the burn. Have, have, you, have you ever felt that when you do some sort of workout? <laughs> What's that? Not the last 20 years, okay. <laughs> but you feel the burn. What do you do when, you start, when it starts to get really hard? You stop. You cry, okay. <laughs> I mean, that's one option. Uh, you know, I, most experts when it comes to working out say if you continue on, if you push through the burn, you'll gain the most, uh, your, your muscles will, will grow, you'll gain, you'll profit the most. Uh, when you stick with it, when you push and you don't give up. And, you know, the same is true in our Christian life as well. When you're going through the trial, God wants you to grow. God wants you to become stronger in your faith. And we need to continue on. It's so tempting, and I've been there and I do it myself more than I like to admit, but when a trial comes, it's so Tempting to just instinctively just pray, Lord, take this away. Is that what we're supposed to do? <laughs> no, we're to count it joy. It'd be better to pray, Lord, I know you have a, a lesson for me in this. Please help me to learn it. Help me to have a good attitude through this trial. Help me to, help me to glorify you through the trial. And that's, that's more what we should do. I was thinking about feel the burn there, uh, push through the burn, and I found this online, the exercise website, this article. Somebody talked, she was writing about why you should push through the burn when exercising, and she says, we need to reframe the pain. She, she writes, when the burn of dis, or discomfort kicks in, Rather than letting your mental talk slip into complaining or quitting mode, try attaching positive commentary to it. Acknowledge that your body is feeling this way for, good, for a good reason. And once you're through it, you'll be closer to a healthier, fitter, and stronger you. I think that's true. And you apply that spiritually even. I mean, that's when we don't give up, but we ask the Lord to help us and to teach us. There's a lot of profit in that. Um, but we grow. It's during the trial, when you meet the trials. Um, but verse 3, therefore, you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. But he says, therefore, you know. When you're going through a trial, what do you know? I mean, what, what principles come, come to mind when you experience a hardship? You're, you're not alone. Very good. God is with you. What else? Yeah, it's, it has a purpose to make you more Christ-like. Yeah, there's, there's a purpose to it. I mean, there are certain things that you know when you're going through the trial. One thing you know is that God is using it to test your faith. 
is to, to see if your faith is genuine, to see if you're really a Christian. And your response helps to see that. If when you go through the trial, you, you, know, you feel the burn, and you, you give up, you stop, and you say, that's it, I'm done, I'm not going to go to church anymore, I'm not going to pray, I'm not going to read my Bible anymore, I'm done. And that shows you probably didn't have genuine faith in the first place. But if it draws you to God, and you, you really want to learn what he has for you, and it shows you're a believer. Debbie? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, yeah, that's right. <laughs> but even when, you know, you don't have to, you know, just really be out now re- re- rejoicing and, and uh, gleeful and all this stuff. But if you, yeah, if, if they see you're real and you're trying to get through it, uh, I mean, there, there's a lot in that. The world is watching. How, how we respond, that's for sure. What we do, the testing of your faith uh, can show if you're, you're truly in Christ. Uh, but that word there, steadfastness, uh, some of your Bibles say patience or perseverance. It p- produces steadfastness, patience, perseverance, endurance. The word means in, in abiding under and abiding under. And you know, you, you can see the picture there. When you're going through life, walking the walk of faith, and just the, the trials pile up, and you're, you're carrying this burden, yet you abide, you continue on. That's steadfastness. Uh, well, I want you to see this verse in a, in a few different places, or this, this word in a few different places. Go over to... Luke chapter 8. Luke chapter 8. This is the familiar parable of the soils. And here we're thinking of that word steadfastness or patience that should be growing through our trials. But Luke 8 verse 15. The word of God, the gospel is is, uh, shared it's sown. And there's the four different responses, the four different kinds of soil. And really only the, the last one is a true believer. But look at verse 15 there of Luke 8. As for that good, or that in the good soil, they are those who hearing the word hold it fast in an honest and good heart and bear fruit with patience. The ESV has patience. That's the same word as steadfastness or patience in James. Uh, And notice that's one of the evidences of the true saving faith of this, you know, here for the seed in the good soil. They have the trials of life, yet they remain steadfast. They bear fruit with patience, with this long suffering, with this steadfastness. Jan? 
Okay. Yeah, that's, that's a good verse too. Yeah, First Peter one seven, and we are sometimes it feels like we're tested by fire, right? When we go through the trials. Yeah, th- thank you for that. Go over to Luke twenty one. Luke twenty one. And this we can definitely re- relate with. I think it applies to right now the age we live in. Luke twenty one. This is the all of it discourse. The main passage for the Olivet Discourse on the end times is Matthew 24, but this is a parallel passage. Luke 21, verse 19. Here he's talking about all these different things that we see. And, you know, there's wars and rumors of wars and all these terrible things. But we get down to verse 19. But by your endurance, you will gain your lives. It's not an easy age or a time to live through. We need to be steadfast. We need to endure, be patient through it. Turn over to Romans chapter 5. Romans 5. And just picking a few highlights here of good verses. There's so many. Romans 5, 3. Here's talking about justification by faith, peace with God. But he says, not only that, we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that the suffering produces endurance. There's that word again. Endurance, steadfastness, patience. And endurance produces character. And character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. So it, they're, they're, that's very similar to James 1, isn't it? We, we rejoice in our sufferings. This is from the Apostle Paul. Think of all he suffered. And he rejoiced. Uh, turn over to 2 Timothy 3. 2 Timothy 3, 10 and 11. Here Paul is recounting the trials he faced as he served in Galatia, as he served the churches in, in Galatia. 2 Timothy 3, 10 and 11. You, however, have followed my teaching, my conduct, my aim of life, my faith, my patience, my love, here it is, my steadfastness, my persecutions and sufferings that happened to me in Antioch, at Iconium and at Lystra, which persecutions I endured, yet from them all the Lord rescued me. And I love verse 12. We've got to have that one. Indeed, all who desire to live a, a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. But what's Paul say there? All these persecutions he faced in Galatia, he, he was steadfast, he endured, he, he trusted God, and God brought him through. Turn over a page to Titus, chapter 2. Titus 2, here in this passage of 
teaching sound doctrine within the church, it's not only the pastor or the elder that teaches. There's also this discipleship that goes on in the church where the older men kind of teach the younger men how to live and the older women teach the younger women. Well, look what it says here. Titus 2, start at verse 1. But as for you, teach what accords with sound doctrine. Older men are to be sober-minded, dignified, self-controlled, sound in faith, in love, and in, here, here's the word, steadfastness. So the older men, are they're supposed to be sound, you know, along with all these other things, sound in faith, sound in love, sound in steadfastness. That should be one of the dis- distinguishing marks for, for a mature man in the faith. Someone who knows the Lord for a long time. That they know how to count it joy when they go through trials. And then they, they're able to disciple the younger men even to, you know, in their steadfastness. So a lot of, a lot of good verses on that. But, um, back to James 1 there. So we grow in our faith. Verse 3. We grow in our steadfastness. Verse 4, And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. So if we respond to trials as we should, we'll, we'll become perfect, right? No, we, we won't be perfect. <laughs> That's a trick question. Uh, but we, you know, the idea is, is maturity. We're, we grow in our maturity spiritually. Perfect and complete. We, we won't be perfect un, until we get to heaven. Uh, but that's certainly, you know, we, we should be growing. We won't be sinless until heaven, but we should be sinning less every day. I, th- I think that's, I forget who said that, but that's pretty clever. But spiritual growth. And then the last point is uh, to, to enjoy life as well. Trials help us to enjoy life. Now there in verse 12, here we, we see that we count it joy. We, we consider trials to be a good thing. And we grow in our steadfastness and our patience. But then now in verse 12, blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial. Blessed. What's, what's blessed mean? Happy. Is it possible to be happy in a trial? I think so. You know where you're going when you're, when you're not here Yeah, I mean, we, we know what our destiny is and our destination. We're going to be in heaven someday. But during the trial, if you are counting it joy, your faith is tested and you, you turn to God and you trust him, you, you grow. And you're able to, down here, as the trials grow, grow, grow more heavy, you, you remain steadfast. If you're in that point where you have learned how to consider it to be a good thing, you can be happy. Blessed is the man who remains steadfast, or in, endureth temptation, says in the King James. Uh, I like how the NIV puts it, perseveres under trial. Blessed is that man. Uh, it's a constant state of, state of being. 
Uh, now, what, what, what's, the, uh, what's the major blessing listed in that verse? What's the thing that we receive? Crown of life. That, that's a neat concept, isn't it? That's a, that's a spiritual re- reward. Crown of life. Stephanos, that's the victor's crown. Uh, this is, you know, back in that day, it was the prize awarded in the public games as a symbol of honor. It was a, they were wreaths of, you know, the, woven of, uh, as a garland of oak, ivy, parsley, myrtle, olive, or Im- Im- imitation of those in gold. I mean, just here you have this wreath, this crown. And the same phrase is also in Revelation 2.10. You won't turn there right now, but that's where Jesus says to the church in uh, Smyrna, they would face persecution. And, and there would be, uh, they had to be faithful unto death. And they would receive the crown of life. And John MacArthur points out here in this verse, the crown of life is literally the crown, the crown which is life. The crown which is life. So he, he believes the crown of life is, is eternal life. I mean, this is your salvation. Uh, if you remain steadfast, if you have passed the test, if you are genuinely a Christian, uh, this, you, know, you, you have the crown of life. You have eternal life. When does, when does eternal life be, begin? When does it begin? I, I, I often thought it was when you die. What did you say, Dan? At salvation. I think it begins the moment you trust the Lord. You have eternal life. Yeah, it, 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 it's a promise. But that, that's why we believe in eternal security. You trust the Lord and you are born again. And from that moment onward, you have eternal life. You, you cannot lose it. If you could lose it, is it, is it eternal? No. <laughs> Absolutely not. So you, you have this crown of life. Um, and you can enjoy life because of the salvation that you know. As here, as I think of trials... I think of Niall Dameron. You know, we've been praying for Niall. An 18-year-old just graduated from Mount Pleasant just a few months ago. But it was in, I think it was uh, early August, was hit by that car down in St. Louis and thought for a while he was going to lose his life. I, I wish I could pull up the video. But there's a video on Facebook. He was giving a testimony after camp, after senior high camp on that Saturday when they're about to head back. And he basically testified to the fact, you know, God taught him a lot that week. And he's, you know, he wants to trust God even in the, the bad times, the good times and the bad times. And he's ready to, to stand strong. I wish I could pull the video up. But the very next day, this Sunday, is when he got hit by the car. And just this last Wednesday night, you know, I drive Abby up to, the youth group on Wednesday nights and I saw Niall in the foyer and I talked to him and he's been wearing this eye patch because his left eye is not it's been droopy and not right 
but he didn't even have the eye patch on. And he he seemed to be just, if you didn't know he was hit by a car, I mean, he, he looked normal and he lost a little weight and he didn't have much to lose anyway, but uh, he was, you know, there in the conversation we're having, him and I and the youth pastor there, he, the youth pastor asked the question, hey, you don't have the eye patch on. And Niall says, well, you know, yeah, but I can't see out, out of my left eye yet. It's, you know, it's, it's just black. You know, I can still see out of my right eye. But Niall just, uh, you know, he, he, he said, you know, I've been praying about that. And he said, I, I told God that even if I, I don't get eyesight back, that's fine. I'm still praising God. And I could just see, when, when I think of count it all joy, you know, I, th- I think of Niall and, and his, his testimony uh, going through this terrible trial and rejoicing. He's, he, he may not see out of his eye again, but he has life. And he, he's still living for God. So... Uh, what, what about you? What trials are you facing? Um, count it joy. Whatever it is, understand it's for your good. And it's, it's for your spiritual growth. Um, I, want, I want to close with one passage. Second uh, Corinthians chapter 4. Here we talk about Paul and all the trials he faced. Second Corinthians 4. He was beaten, he was stoned, he was imprisoned, all these shipwrecks, living in constant danger, sleepless nights, constant anxiety for the churches, all these things. But what does he say? 2 Corinthians 4, 16 and 17. So we do not lose heart. Though our our outer self is wasting away, Our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. As we look for, as we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. Did you notice there in verse Fifteen or verse seventeen, he says, "This light momentary affliction, light momentary affliction. What is it you're going through compared to what Paul went through? What whatever we go through wouldn't even move the scale. And here he he has an eternal perspective on it. It's a light momentary affliction because someday we'll be with the Lord." And it'll all be worth it. God wants to teach you to to grow in steadfastness. Trials are for your good. Heavenly Father, we thank you tonight for for the reminder that trials are for our good. And we can profit from them, whatever they may be. You want us to grow in in steadfastness and patience. And Lord, just to remain steadfast, to continue on. Help us to... Consider whatever the trial is to to be a good thing. Lord, we we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.